What's up, guys? Welcome once again to the Save Continue podcast, where every week we talk about video games and related things. My name is Ryan Robinson. With me is the greatest Tom Shelby. Hi, Tom. I'm back. Tom's back, everybody. You thought he wasn't back, but now he's back. And you can't fuck with him because I'm still on a computer. <laughs> uh, Sinead is out this week doing God knows what. That's the only reason I'm back, because she's not here. Sure. You're like a, uh, you know, you and Sinead lately aren't in the same room at the same time ever. Uh, are you the same person? Uh I sure as fuck hope not. <laughs> uh, last, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I, I think that uh, I don't know. I think that your personalities are too disparate for you guys to be the same person. But if, and then again, if you're a real heckle and jo- heckle Je- Jekyll and Hyde situation, a heckle and Jekyll. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> you know, you're you are still the only person that I've heard mention heckle and Jekyll. Uh, I don't think anybody else. 30 years. In 30 years. (laughs) I had an old cartoon tape with Heckle and Jekyll on it. Yeah. And uh, there are a couple of magpies, ravens. Yeah. Something like that. They were replaced with Beavis and Butthead. Sure. They were the original. Oh, no, wait. I think those old guys from the Muppets are the original Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) (laughs) Because they basically watched music performances and made fun of them. That is true. Yeah. Never thought about that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Tom, what have you been up to in the last few weeks? Uh, not a whole lot. You know, it just took off Yeah. Uh, the podcast to handle some some personal things. Sure, sure, sure. But I've been reading a lot of comics. What are you and reading? And mostly Superman, old Superman stuff. Yeah. Um, that's really it. Besides, I started reading more of money shot which is pretty good what is that again money shot it's like it's like in the future people aren't as interested in space exploration right Uh uh-huh so like these scientists start publishing pornography of themselves having sex with aliens (laughs) to fund (laughs) their you know missions What's funny to me about that is that the video of the aliens isn't enough to, <laughs> to fund to fund this endeavor. Like you gotta video yourself. It's gotta be pornography. Like you gotta be fucking the aliens if you want to captivate the public. Yeah, it's a real horny book, but it's very funny. Um, you know, but uh, Superman. I've been going back to like stories that I had never read before. So like uh, Superman's Secret Identity. A lot of Elseworlds stuff. Like, Secret Identity is really cool because it's, like, our Earth. Oh, okay. You know? So, like, Superman exists as a character, right? Like, right. as a comic yeah. movie, whatever. But there's this kid from Kansas whose last name is Kent, and his parents decide to name him Clark. Yeah. So he's, like, constantly picked on yeah. by being named Clark Kent from Kansas. No powers. And, like, uh, yeah... You know, whenever it's his birthday, his relatives give him a bunch of Superman crap that he doesn't want. (laughs) And then he ends up one day having Superman powers. Oh, cool. All right. Then it worked out for him. It's pretty interesting. Uh, Went back to Superman speeding bullets, which is like from 1993. Okay. 
uh, and it's what if Kal-El's ship landed in Gotham and was oh, yeah. found by Thomas and Martha Wayne. You told me about that. This so, is... yeah, you end up with Kal-El dressed up as Batman, but, but with Superman powers. And he would and kill people. A really weird Lex <laughs> Luthor Joker. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, like, for some reason, because, like, I think about... Oh, yeah, how... he kills Joe Chill. Yeah. Like, right after Joe Chill kills his parents... Heat vision. <laughs> yeah. What's funny about that to me is that, like, Batman's whole thing is vengeance, but, you know, making sure he stays within the boundaries. But he gets his vengeance sure. then and there. Now he's just goofing around. Yeah, exactly, right? If, if Bruce Wayne's whole thing was, like, vengeance, uh, you know, some sort of revenge for the loss of his parents... But Joe Chill is instantly dead. Yeah. Then, like, Clark, not Clark, Kal-El, yeah. uh, who they do name Bruce, Calvin. ends up becoming Batman still, but, like, is a very different Batman, you know? Yeah. It's it's really stupid, but fun, you know? You know, I know Batman's not supposed to kill people, but that scene in Batman vs. Superman, where he's in the desert and he's just shooting dudes... Oh, yeah, yeah. That was really fucking cool. <laughs> uh, uh, I got a PlayStation 5 for Christmas. Yeah, I saw that. Congratulations. You got the last one in the United States. Yeah. Well, it's funny. My sister bought it for me, right? She bought one for me, and she bought another one for her daughter, my right. niece. Right. Uh, and she spent 800 bucks on each one of them. Oh, she uh, she went through a reseller? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's the only way she can find them. How else, know? right? But uh... but uh, I'm liking it a lot. You know, it's it's so funny. Like last generation, when we got our PS4s, which you and I both got, I think you got one on launch day. Yeah, yeah. And I got one not far out from launch day. Yeah. Uh, it's such a weird thing, right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm looking at the the launch library of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and there are a lot of games in fact all of the games for Xbox for the next year and the vast majority of PlayStation 5 games that are currently available are also available on last generation you know yeah so it just like feels less special but, like, that was the case last generation, too. Yeah, you, you know, know, I was thinking, because uh, I was talking about how, because I think, like, we had pretty much resigned ourselves to, like, the earliest that we can probably get a PS5 at this point, like, through, like, a like an actual retailer is probably, like, February. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, I kind of reasoned with myself that I was pretty much okay with that, because, like, I think about the launch day of the PS4 and how one of the first games that I bought for my PS4 was a game that I also owned on my 360. Right. Uh, and, but I also feel like that's been the case. That was the case, um, the generation before it too. Uh, but like, you know, I mean, same thing. You got to remember with me and the PS4, that first couple of months I bought like every game. Yeah. Like FIFA. I'm yeah. not going to play FIFA, but you but bought, I it. bought it. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm definitely not doing that this time around. Yeah, but 
it's weird. Like there's some things that are really, really cool about it. You know, uh, the controller is just as good as everybody says it is, you know, like all that haptic stuff. A lot of people don't seem to realize it's the same company that developed the HD rumble and the switch controllers, right. Uh, that developed this technology as well. And like, it's not insignificant. It's really, really cool. Yeah. You know, the biggest problem is like, I worry about like, you know, we saw the touch bar on PS4 and like third parties rarely used it as anything more than a button. Like after that first, after the launch window, that was it. Right. Uh, so I'm hoping that third parties adopt this. We know like Call of Duty has and all that, yeah. right? But like, we'll see. Because I, I do think it is very, very cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think haptic feedback is also kind of one of those things, in my experience anyway, it's like, it's kind of been, I've kind of had a difficult time for people who haven't experienced haptic feedback. It's kind of hard to like really explain why it's cool. Like you yeah. kind of have to just like, you kind of have to feel it for yourself to yeah. kind of understand like why, like what it adds to playing those games. Uh, it's just more immersive, right? Like yeah. it's the next sensical evolution of like rumble like the rumble pack from the n64 right right? like it's it's the next step of that uh but it's only the next step of that if people develop for it you know what i mean well i was i mean i i I think back to the times when we've talked about uh controllers and the way that we and the way that we interact with these games and i can't really think of a way that you can you can kind of i don't really can't think of a way that you can really innovate on the controller design as it is yeah. Uh, so I think that the the next the logical direction to go in is to change what that controller feels like. Yeah. Um, well, in like Astro's Playroom, uh, which is a pack-in title, uh, it's I loved it. I liked it a lot. Super fun. But it is basically a tech demo for what the controller can do. Right. You know. And like, it's so neat, man. Like. Walking on sand versus walking on grass versus ice, it all feels different. Yeah. Uh, you know, shooting a gun versus shooting a bow and arrow versus, you know, crushing something in your hand, like, those all feel different, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really neat. I just, really I neat. I think, honestly, as we as we get further into this generation, I think a lot of the haptic stuff and taking advantage of the of the features of the controller is going to be really a first party thing cuz i just i can't see third parties doing the work to add that to the PlayStation version of their game and yeah. then you know doing work on the other versions of the game i just i can't really see, see and that's it. why like Sony needs to step in and say if you want to be certified for PlayStation you need to do this yeah you know i don't know i doubt that they will yeah but they should you know um, other than that, I got Miles Morales, which I considered buying on PS4 when it first came out, but it's I really wanted to wait. And, uh, man, it's so cool. Yeah. Like on the PlayStation 5 specifically, like the ray tracing is so cool. Yeah. Uh, the controller is nice in that game. Like, you know, when he's on, on the subway, like you can feel him going over the tracks, like in the controller, you know, like yeah. it's really neat. Um, I'm only a couple hours into that. Yeah, uh, then you're about 10% done with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've heard that the main story can be done in, like, three. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but we'll see. But yeah. I picked up Ghost of Tsushima, but I have not started it yet. I'm going to play through Spider-Man first. Sure. Um, and Tsushima does not have a PS5 version. It's the PS4 version. Right. But what's cool about it is, like, if a PS4 game has an uncapped frame rate, which most of them do, uh, you're seeing much higher frame rates. So, like, Ghost of Tsushima is 4K at 60, you yeah. know? yeah um so that should be nice um yeah one of the things that was really impressive to me about about ghost of tsushima aside from all the stuff that i've talked about on the show before um one thing i never mentioned was how it is still boggles me how quick the loading times are when you're fast traveling it's like it's insanely fast um, yeah, yeah. and um i don't know how they did it but like it makes like the island is Island's not huge or anything, but it's it's certainly big enough to warrant fast travel, and right. uh, like it makes it so that traveling through like through different parts of the island is like, you know, it's not a hassle at all because like you're looking at a loading screen for like maybe ten seconds. It feels like yeah. Uh, so it's it's really impressive. Uh, and that's the other thing I'll say about the PlayStation Five before we get into it is like. Uh... Obviously, loads are super fucking fast. Yeah. That'll change as games progress, right? Yeah. As they're more taxing, they will take longer to load. Sure. Uh, but right now, everything is super fucking fast. And the UI, right? Like, I guess we just get spoiled as time goes on. Because, like, I remember getting PS4 and thinking, man, this is so fast compared yeah. to what we had to deal with on PS3. Sure. You know? Yeah. And it, and it is. It's way faster than PS3 was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, PS4 now, towards the end of its life cycle, I'm like, man, every time I try to go to the fucking store, shit slows down. Every time I try to look at trophies, it takes forever to load, you yeah. know? And this is all just instant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's one of my favorite things about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, like... And, and you know how PS4 speeds are, like, super throttled for whatever reason? Yeah, what the fuck? Like, you're not getting the data you paid for on PS4, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's much, much faster yeah, on PS5, so, so that's nice. Yeah, because um, I, one of my friends that I that I play Mortal Kombat with, um, so what we had found is that you can do, like, a one-on-one versus match cr- uh, yeah. cross-gen, but if you want yeah. to set up a lobby cross-gen, it doesn't work. Uh, Weird. So what you have to do is you have so what he had to do was he had to launch the PS4 version of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, yes, yes. So what what he ended up doing though is he told me like a week or so ago that he had uninstalled the PS4 version, and I was like, well, that sucks. But him and our other fr- uh, him and our other friend, we wanted to lobby up and do some Mortal Kombat, but we couldn't get it to work. And so he was just like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna download the PS4 version again." And yeah. we're like, "Okay, well, you know, we'll have it ready for next time." And then like ten, yeah. mi- ten minutes later, he was like, "Okay, it's done. Let's go." I was like, "What?" Yeah, sure. <laughs> so and I'm sure a lot of that depends on your internet speed, you yeah. know. Um, I will say this during during my hiatus, I also finally got uh, Google Fiber. Yes. And how that- is it? It's fantastic, man. My my speeds on everything are fantastic. Uh, you know, gaming is better. Yeah. Streaming is better. But, like, there's just so many weird little conveniences with it that I wasn't expecting. Sure. Like, being able to prioritize devices. 
uh, or shut off devices like from my phone, you know, like shut off the Wi-Fi on certain devices from my phone. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, you know, that's kind of nice in that if there's a bunch of shit going on and I'm trying to play something for whatever reason, speeds are slow. I can turn everybody's shit off except sure. for my PlayStation. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, just, I do think it would be funny if you got into an argument with one of the children be like, <laughs> oh yeah? Bloop. I guess you're not playing Minecraft today. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it's cool, man. Uh, we're still stuck with Spectrum because we live in an apartment building and they don't want to fuck with that. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that's really cool. Like I've, I'm, I'm incredibly jealous of all of your things right now. You've got the Google Fiber. You got a PlayStation You shouldn't 5. be like uh, for anybody who's on the fence about PlayStation Five and certainly Xbox One or Xbox Series X. Excuse me. Uh, like there is absolutely zero reason, you sure. know. Like wait, unless like you're super interested in one of the exclusives. Yeah. Which Xbox does not have, won't yeah. have for the first year. Yeah, they delayed. They delayed know? Halo, which is. Uh, not see coming no but like they've said for this entire first year everything that comes out will also go to the previous generation right you know um and even sony right now only has like two three actual console exclusives no it's it's uh, it's funny because jim ryan was like look we're gonna be supporting the ps4 for for years to come and i was like yeah. it's like and and like i was like that sounds cool on the surface but the way my mind worked, I was like, are you just saying that because y'all ain't got no games right now? Is that what's going on? No, no. <laughs> and they will. And they've got games, right? Their 2021 lineup looks fantastic. Yeah. Like, it looks fucking great. Um, How much Godfall have you played, Tom? Zero, because I've heard it's awful. Right? <laughs> and that's one of them. And then there's Demon Souls, which looks fan-fucking-tastic, but I'm not that into Souls games. Yeah. You know? Part of yeah. me wanted to buy it, just so I could see it, I'm like, sure. I'm spend seventy dollars just, just so I can see it. Just to you see know? it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same game, so yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, we have the PS3 hooked up in our bedroom right now, and yeah. before we hooked that up, I think the last time I had actually played on a PS3 was God. I don't even remember. It had to have been over ten years ago, and. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because I I pulled out my act my my original copy of Demon Souls for the PS3, yeah. which I hadn't I hadn't played that game since before I left for Japan, and yeah. I you know I I was playing it and like even just just holding the controller and the way the sticks are like the way that they have less resistance on them and I was just like this is mm -hmm. I was like this feels and they're so super convex yeah I was like yeah. this just feels weird. Um, I love PlayStation Three. Yeah. But uh, that might be my favorite Sony console. Definitely more than the PS4. Yeah, um, but it is it is cool it is cool to like have it and play it because I have a fair amount of PS3 games that I just haven't been able to play for a while. Yeah, PS3 uh, fucking rocks. And um, you know there are a lot of games for it that I that I'd like to play that I you know that I would like to be able to buy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's a really cool system, and I I think about like. I when I whenever I boot it up, I think about like basically 
you get a good idea of like what where Sony's headspace was at, like just by like looking at that thing, like looking at the UI and like everything, like the the stuff around it. But like even like as you when you boot it up, like they have that little little symphony plays when you when you boot it up, and it was just like that's very that was very much indicative of mid two thousand Sony being like like we're hot shit. And this, oh yeah, like this is like th- that was like the era where, like you will get a second job to buy this thing. Yeah, and, like yeah, yeah. And that that's very much like that aesthetic. But um, but people forget though, like by the end of the generation, they did end up outselling Xbox. Yeah, it didn't start off that way. They were hurting for a long time, but eventually they did. Um, I will say this though. So you're talking about the the DualShock Three. Yeah. Um, one, you can play with your DualShock Four on your PS3. That's good to know. Or a DualShock 5 on your PS3. That's good to know. Uh, two, like, you know how, like, the DualShock 4 makes the DualShock 3 feel cheap? Yeah, like, it's just, it's just you know? it's really light and feels kind of flimsy. DualSense makes DualShock 4 feel cheap. Yeah. Is, is it, you know, it's it like really a, does. Like a more, is it, like, more dense? Is it heavier? It's definitely heavier, yeah. yeah. Um... But yeah, it just does. And, you know, it's funny because, like, DualShock 4, not a lot of people realize, is, like, the best-selling controller ever. Yeah. More than the 360 controller, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just, I feel like, you know, I looked at my, I look at the games that I have access to. I look at the games that are, I'm looking at the, because I was looking at a, the holiday sale last night. And oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, man, there's a lot of fucking games in here that I want to play and they're really cheap and, like... I th- like and even with the games that I have now, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm good on like last gen stuff like for a while, um, but I don't know. I, I th- well, you buy you guys buy some big games though, you know? Yeah, so you Assassin's get, Creed and all that. Like you guys buy Watch Dogs. You guys buy some some yeah time sinks. yeah. You know, Watch Dogs doesn't take as long as one would think though. Uh, yeah. Like I I feel like we got the platinum in that game like pretty quick uh but valhalla is quite the undertaking kaylee has the platinum yeah. in it uh but that's because i've been like that's because she she like kind of just mainlined it and like i was like oh, shit could you give me the broom i uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have a you know the deal with the snow detector i was thinking about doing it before the show but i was like it's gonna be fine it's fine uh, it, no, it, it drives Bubba insane. Like, he hates it. Like, it makes him cry, so... But, uh... Hold on a second. Don't... Hold on. Don't look at my... Don't look at my, my butt or gut. Oh. I see some skin. Oh. Oop. <laughs> um, and but. you're wearing the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny is I was like, I'm okay with wearing this shirt because it's not going to be on camera, and then that happened. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I was like, she's she uh, her friend bought her uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising for mm-hmm. PS4 for Christmas. Number one, that game looks fucking cool. The game looks very fun. Um, but I'm still I'm still on uh, I'm still on Valhalla. Like I'm actually actually at this point, like Valhalla is like my favorite of the new trilogy. Um, Like, I I think Eivor is, like, probably the coolest character that they've come up with in the last few years. Um, But I've also been playing, like, a lot... I've been playing a shitload of Warframe. Um, I've seen you on there. 
yeah, Warframe fucking rips, dude. <laughs> like that game is fucking. That game is really cool. Um, How funny is it that that was launched PS4 and now is launched PS5? Yeah. So like, so I think that when I when I got back into Warframe, I hadn't really touched it that much since the launch of the PS4, which was now seven years ago. Yeah. And then I come back to it, and there's just so much shit. There's just like they've had like expansion after expansion after expansion. There's all this they've 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 updated the lore, they've updated some systems, and there's all this stuff. And at first it was overwhelming. Like I was like, where do I start? Like what's what does this do? What does this thing? At first, like that shit was like really overwhelming. Uh, but after sitting down and spending like a number of hours with it, like now it all like it makes sense. Um, it's funny how games are like that now, right? Like, yeah. Not all games, obviously, but like I I talk to my kids all the time. My kids are big into Minecraft, you know, yeah. and I I was big into minecraft like since it's alpha yeah you know yeah and i played it for a few years and i dropped off and then my kids started playing it once they started getting into the ge- into video games it was really like their mario right like that was their their first game that they yeah. were really into uh and like yeah it's i would not know what to do in that game now yeah you know like i remember when like we got it we we downloaded it again on ps4 yeah, and I hadn't played it in like I think that was the first time I had played it since like 2015 or something, and th- so that was before Microsoft acquired uh, right Mojang. Mojang, and then like so I loaded it up and I was like, uh, and I had to like I loaded up and I had to look at like what system I'm playing it on. I was like, was all this Xbox shit all over the place? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like it's funny because like there was a time where. You stop playing a game for a while, and it was the same game as it was when you put it down. Mm-hmm. Now that's not the case with these live games of service and everything. Like it's just a game. Like if you leave a game, if you let a game sit there for three years, it's not going to be the same game as when you put it down. And that's like it's so interesting to me because like I mean I, even games that are not games of service nowadays, right? Yeah. Like, uh, Spelunky now is not what it was when it first came out. You yeah. Know? Yeah, um, and so and like, that's like that's just a fucking game. Like, you know, there's nothing really to it. it. Yeah, but. yeah, but like, then like going into Warframe, you know, uh, they have like open world areas now, and like they have all these other subsystems, and like they have different kinds of they have newer Warframes, new weapons, new other things that you can get. You get a pet now. It's just it's just, like these things are just and it's like the game does an okay job of kind of. Because there's a linearity to kind of the quest progression in the game. So if you go through that route, like, it kind of eases you into, like, each system. Like, okay, first you need to do this thing so you can get this thing. Now do this thing so you can learn about this thing. So it does, it, it does a pretty good job of doing that. But at the same time, it doesn't overtly explain to you that you should probably do these things in this specific order so that yeah. this stuff isn't lost on you. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I kind of just had to figure that out on my own. Um, I've heard the community is pretty good, though. The community is pretty good, but like the thing about it is, like when you're in the game, there's a like so you have there's a few different hub areas. One of which is your ship that you yeah that you can that you walk around on, and though and those areas is where you can see like the general chat and like there's recruiting chat and all these other chats, but general chat is just fucking chaos and like. 
it's fun to watch sometimes because people like sometimes it just goes off the rails and then like it just sure. it gets it gets wild but um you know i i find it i've always found it interesting how people can interact in a chat like that that is just constantly scrolling and you just have you no can. you just and like um it's funny because like i looked away i looked i looked at the chat and then i was like okay they're not talking about anything and then I, I look away for a little bit, and I look back at it again, and then somebody says, leave it to so-and-so to bring politics into Warframe. And I was like, what the hell happened? But... That's like every <laughs> popular Twitch chat. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, Warframe is, not, is a game that I've not ever played. And what's funny is, like, I love Dark Sector. Yeah. But, like, you know, that's a single-player thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure this has very little to do with Dark Sector. Yeah. But it does look interesting. It looks fun. It's one of the better looking Switch games, oddly enough. Yeah, well, the game is very fun. And I, and like, I, it's one of those games that, like, I have kind of wanted to talk people into playing. But it's hard. It can be hard to talk people into playing. Ironically, it can be hard to talk people into playing a free to play game uh, just because yeah. of. Well, and there's work to put in. Yeah, know? so there's, like, so, like, you can. You can pay for it, or you can work for it, right? Um, yeah. I obviously one of those is a, has a more satisfying payoff than the other. Uh, yeah. But like, I guess it just depends on like what kind of premium your time comes with. Um, I'm personally, <laughs> I'm personally like I've kind of been dabbling a little bit of both because like one, yeah. I, I want to support the developer because I I think that they're doing. If you're getting hours of enjoyment out of it, yeah, yeah you ought to. Yeah, so like I want to support the developer because I think that they're doing a really good thing with the game. They supported it really well, and uh, they've given me a lot of enjoyment. Out of it. I've gotten more than sixty dollars of, of enjoyment out of that game. Sure. Um. So I've you know I bought some currency and I've I've used it to like purchase new warframes or new weapons or what have you. Um. But I was talking to Shanae about this like maybe a week or so ago. Is that like, I don't know why I don't know why this like this is a thing for me, but one of the free to play things. And this is universal across all free-to-play games that I have had experience with, is that, like, let's say, like, you're going to open a chest or you're going to craft an item, and there's a timer attached to that, right? And like, the, it drives a lot of people like crazy when that shit shows up, right? But for some reason, when it shows up for me, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't wait to check back tomorrow for my new thing because I, when I log sure, in tomorrow, my sure. new thing's going to be there, and it's, it's exciting for me. Uh, it's the same thing with me. Uh, I don't know if it still does, but Killing Floor at one point had something similar, and I was always excited for that. Yeah, um, but uh, speaking of Killing Floor, uh, dude, Zombie Army Four. Yeah, so I downloaded it. Uh, I haven't touched it yet. That but I game it. is so fucking cool. So I wanted it for a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So like, I remember I saw the trailer last year, and I was like. It didn't. The trailer didn't have any gameplay in it, but I was like, this, this, like, just on a like, on an overall vibe for what I can tell from this trailer, it looks like they're going for like a more fun, action-packed sort of vibe, and well, and that's very much what trilogy was as well. Yeah, well, I think that like the art, there's like an arc, there's like a layer of arcadiness in uh, Zombie Army Four that like makes it like really fun. Um, yeah, and there's like a there's like a level of there's like a they've it's a different kind of camp uh, flavor to it that like makes it like really like it just makes it like funny like uh, so I was playing with um, I was playing with our friend Eric the other night and there's this there's this uh, there's this area where we're kind of like in a in like a like a marina sort of thing 
and there's this like there's this emaciated shark suspended from like this this crane or whatever and so there's a challenge in that area to like get 50 zombies to be eaten by that shark and so like we're luring zombies over by the shark and then he pushes the button and the shark just goes like crazy like in a circle like chomping on the zombies and it's got like a lot of shit like that it's got like it's got like power-ups and like you can upgrade your weapons like put incendiary rounds on your rifle or electric rounds or put a bayonet on your revolver uh yeah. it's just it's just it's a really it's really fun and like it has all these like very arcadey sound effects when like you do like when you get a bonus or something um but the game is very yep. the game is like very very fun um rebellion's awesome man like you know even with like sniper elite well, that's not my kind of game yeah you know but like that's a quality game you know yeah yeah and they never charge too much for their stuff like they know what their stuff is worth yeah you know yeah um, even even with with this you got me like the deluxe edition i downloaded it right so and then i went to the store page and like there's a fuck ton of free dlc for it yeah yeah so it's I great just downloaded all of that yeah it's yeah. it's really great and like i've like i'm having fun with like trying out all the different weapons and there was a there's like a there was a point at which like I saw this big zombie guy and he had like kind of like a um like some kind of rotator saw thing and so like I got his health down enough and I ran up to him and I grabbed it from him and I like cut him in half and I grabbed the saw and I was like mowing through zombies with it <laughs> and it's just like it's a, it's just a really cool game and it's, what's funny about it is if it if it weren't for the if it weren't for what I what is a decidedly strong emphasis on sniper rifles, you wouldn't yeah. even really be able to tell that it's a, a sniper elite spinoff, because yeah, well, and even in zombie trilogy, right? Like you didn't have like there were very few moments where you needed a sniper rifle. Like there were like sniper perches here and yeah. there, but it wasn't like for the most part you were using other things. Well, like know? it's funny because I feel like in in Zombie Army Four they've gotten. They've made it so that ammo was a lot easier to come by for your secondary weapons. Yeah. So I found myself using I had a I had a, like an assault rifle as well. And I found myself using that just as much, if not more, than my sniper rifle. And right. it doesn't punish you for that because like there's ammo dropping everywhere, and it's just yeah. But it's overall like it's 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 got a more fun presentation. It's got some it's got some more uh, uh, customization as far as game settings like. When you go into the game, like, if you're going to play by yourself, like, you can set it to, like, do you want this game balanced for one player or you want it balanced for four players or you want it, like, a default balancing? And so, I said, like, if I'm playing by myself, I set it for one player so that it feels, like, manageable and, like, I can actually right, play the game. Right, right, um, but I've man, heard it's pretty easy, though. Yeah, it's, it's so far, yeah. Um, and I think that the game is broken up into five episodes, I think. And uh, for the campaign, I mean, and each one is like. Well, they have free episodes to download. Yeah, uh, I did episode. I did the first episode, and it was like we did the first episode together, and it was like two hours. Yeah. Um, and I like this campaign better than I like the one in trilogy because it's like there's more stuff to do. It feels mo like I know this is like this is like a very obvious comparison to make, but it feels more like Left for Dead, uh, two specifically in a way, in the way that like. Sometimes you're going to be like, okay, so you got to fix this thing and defend it from the zombies while this thing gets working. Or you get on this boat and you're going to be like on this boat in the river while like zombies try to climb on top of it. You got to protect the boat from them. And it's, it's, it's a cool things like that 
uh, and it keeps like it, like it keeps you like it keeps you moving throughout these levels that and like makes it really cool. Um, yeah. But I've, I'm really enjoying it a lot. Um, also, a lot of Genshin Impact. More than I I've thought. been thinking about that one. So that's a free to play one, right? Yeah. So the funny thing, anime I'm, Breath of the Wild. It, it basically, uh, it's not like it's it it's not like it's full. Obviously, it's not as fully featured as Breath of the Wild, but it has like a lot of the, it has some of those things that made Breath of the Wild pretty cool, specifically with traversal and um, elemental interaction. Um, but like, so the game has obviously as a free to play game, it has you know premium currency in it. I bought this thing that is like a $5 like monthly pass where every time you log in, every day you log in, they give you some of the premium currency, which is what is used toward, you know, buying weapons or new characters or what have you. That cost, that cost me $5. Um, through playing the game and having that login bonus, I now have like, I think like over $20 worth of premium currency just by playing the game. Um, but the game is very... Yeah, so I read a review saying that, like, you really don't need that premium currency until late game. Yeah, because, like, really, like, the game, like, the game has a storyline, which is actually, you know, better than I would expect it. Especially, it's hard to... It's, when you play this game, it's hard to remember that it's also a mobile game because right. of just the way it feels and looks and everything. But the game has a storyline... And as you go along the storyline, it'll give you, it gives you like three characters just for playing for, through that storyline. Um, and really, those three characters, the three characters that it gives you, along with the characters that you start with, uh, really all you would need to play through the game. But, you know, me being me, the allure of like extra shit is too strong for me to ignore. Um, and also, like, it's just the way that, like, the different characters play and like the, their different their different special moves. It's just it's fun to mix it up and like experiment, like shooting some like like shooting someone with like water or something, and then switching to your ice character and using the ice to freeze them while they're while they're soaking wet. That shit's really cool to me, and it's like it's a really fun game. Um, Let me ask you this: You're talking about uh, you know premium currency, yeah. I was looking at Immortals Phoenix Rising uh, for PS5, thinking about buying it. Yeah. The art style doesn't really appeal to me. The comedy doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah. But the gameplay appeals to me. Right. But I'm looking at this PS5 game that you have to pay for. Mm -hmm. And then I see that there is also premium currency for it. So I don't. What's that all about? So I don't. So this is something that Ubisoft has been doing for a while, where they they have in, they have uh, implemented something that they like to call time savers. So the currency that you're actually buying is just regular in-game currency that you can yeah. just get. Uh, but if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of time to play games and you just buy a bunch of the bunch of the in-game currency and just do all that shit, like buy all the stuff you want. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but there's not like an actual like separate currency or anything. Okay. Uh, that's okay. Uh, the only kind of premium currency that they have that Ubisoft has had uh, is something that I've seen in the Assassin's Creed games called Helix Points, which you can use to buy cosmetic items or weapons. But these are also things that you can earn by just playing the game. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah, I don't. I I think that's something that they started in. I feel like they started that stuff in Origins, or mm. it's either Origins or Odyssey that they started. Like, like, look, we made this really long, really huge game. Maybe you don't have time to get all that shit. If you want to pay us a little, if you want to pay us this amount of money, then we'll just give it to you all up front because they'll sell you. They'll sell. You, they'll give you. They'll sell you money. They'll sell you XP. They'll sell you. Man, remember cheat codes? Yeah, dude. Well now you. <laughs> Well, now you pay for that shit. So, um, but you know, I've never felt. I think. I think though, at the same time, like to play like a Ubisoft game nowadays, you kind of have to like know what you're getting into, right? Like, you kind of have to know that like if you're gonna play a Ubisoft game nowadays, like you need to have some time <laughs> set aside to play this game, uh, or don't. And if you're okay with spending the money to like speed that process along, then you know more power to you. But yeah. Um, you know, I've never really felt compelled to, uh, to really do that. Um, but you know, it, it's there, but I will say this from what Kaylee is saying about the combat in that game, if the combat in that game appeals to you, then the combat in the last three Assassin's Creed games would also appeal to you because it appears to be the same. Yeah. Uh, um, it's not so much about the combat that makes me want to play that game. There are a lot of things that turn me off of that game there are a lot of things about that game that i do not like yeah you know yeah uh but i like the open world i like the what are obviously shrines you know um everything that takes from breath of the wild makes me want to play it yeah so apparently like it does a lot of that it's like odyssey and breath of the wild kind of i mean it's it's very obvious yeah yeah um and what's funny is that like while it isn't a while it isn't an assassin's creed game it like it makes references to it. It makes many references to Assassin's Creed within it, mm-hmm. uh, and from what I understand, a lot of voice actors from Assassin's Creed Odyssey also voice characters in that game as well. Um, but all that aside, like the game, like I've been because I've been still working on Valhalla, which I'd like to reiterate is a fantastic game. But uh, I've been, I've been I would peek over at her screen while she's playing, and I was like, man, that game looks so fucking fun. That game looks really fucking fun. I want to play that game. <laughs> I want to play that game. But uh, I started. I started um, Outer Wilds today. Okay. Um, and one thing that I will say is that Annapurna is very good at at very quickly establishing a mood. Yeah. Uh, like, well, I shouldn't say that they're good at it, but like, the games that they publish are very good at quickly establishing a mood. Um, That's like the mist-like one, right? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, so I haven't actually gotten to do a whole lot in the game. I haven't like actually left my home planet yet. I kind of just been spent a lot of time like walking around, talking to different characters, like before like my big liftoff. But I got sleepy and I needed to take a nap, so I stopped playing so I could go take a nap. Uh, but um, the game has like a very cool like little like. Their whole, like, idea and approach to, like, the way that they talk about space travel in that game is, like, very fascinating to me. Because it seems like yeah. it's, it's very much, like, it, it, it calls to mind uh, that the Billy Bob Thornton vehicle, the astronaut farmer, where, <laughs> wherein he built his own rocket ship and went to, the, went to space. Uh, but it has very much that same vibe, like, we have these ramshackled... Spacesuits that like have yeah. like, that have like that are like they're patched together. We have these very like this very 
obviously look, like very rickety looking spaceship and um and the whole vibe is very is very is a very cool like i, I i'm just i'm really digging it um one of the things that like has me intrigued is that like all the astronauts that came before me they took they took musical instruments along with them yeah and that's something that's like apparently that's very significant i'm really looking forward to finding out the significance of that but they gave early on they gave you this um well it's happened in real life oh has it yeah okay I don't know. Like, there's astronauts who played like fucking David Bowie songs in space and shit. Oh yeah, I heard about that. I heard about the yeah. the the astronaut who played space oddity space oddity in uh in space one time, which seems a little bit on the nose, but you know it's kind of cool. But um, but yeah, like so you have this like this uh, this uh this telescope that transmits audio. I guess it's a I guess it's I guess that you would call that a directional microphone. Now that I think about it, but uh. So you can see the planets orbiting your planet from where you are. You like they're remarkably close to you, and then so you point this thing at those planets, and you can hear the astronaut on those planets like playing whatever instrument that they have, and it's just it's a very neat little thing. Um, I'm looking forward to actually uh, getting in the ship and flying it around because I've I've heard stories about that, but I'm also looking forward to like I've I've intentionally avoided spoilers about this game because I've heard about how remarkable each of these little planets is and yeah. and how how finely handcrafted each of these little planets is and I'm really looking forward to experiencing that um I saw it was funny because I somebody that I uh, I was talking to somebody online the other day and they were talking about how like uh uh Outer Wilds is like one of their favorite games just because like the way that they love they love the like the world and everything but they like they really like the physics of flying the ship and like the way that you have to land it and everything. And yeah. I was like, if you like spaceships that involve physics and having to worry about landing it, why don't I tell you about a little game that I like to call elite dangerous? Uh, <laughs> any, any way that I can to get people into that game. But um, yeah, uh, it's, it looks like a cool little game so far. A friend of mine as like a wedding gift gave me a, uh, a $50 PSN card. And, um, it's a hilarious wedding gift. Yeah, and uh, he was, yeah. but he was like, I, he was like, I heard you never played Outer Wilds, so you know, take this, buy Outer Wilds, and then buy your wife something nice, um, which confidentially is going to be me buying me something nice. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I've been, I don't know, I just, uh, it's just, you know, I've, I've been, I've, like, I've, I've had what I would call kind of a. A video game like renaissance where like i'm rediscovering i'm kind of rediscovering like what i love about video games and like rediscovering like why like how much i enjoy playing them and how much i enjoy like engaging with them and i've gotten back in touch with like my excitement about games that i haven't yet played and that I have access to, like I just, sure. I, I was just, I just randomly thought of Acuba's Beat the other day, and yeah. I was like, I haven't played that. But I remember Tom playing it, and he had a lot of fun with it, and I want to play it now. I played Akiba's Trip, not Beat. Uh, Akiba's Trip. That's what I meant. Yeah. But I was like, I haven't played that. I own it, but I haven't played it. And I remember, I remember Tom having a lot of fun with it, uh, ripping the clothes off those weird vampires, and. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it, it just looks like a fun game, but like I think about like I look at the games that I have, and I think about the games that I have, and I I get really excited to play them, and yeah. um, 
and you know, honestly, I had I had something in mind for tonight. Uh, but I wanted to save it for when Shanae could join us. But I but something that the last few weeks have had me thinking about uh, again, it had me think about the games that I'm playing and how much I enjoy engaging with them. But something you said to me uh, not too long ago had me thinking about something else. And I wanted to talk about like the joy of being able to... We talk so much about playing games that we engage with and have like these deep feelings about and have like all these like nuanced emotions about like we've talked about our near automatas and we've talked about our shadow of the colossi and like but like we always talk about like what these games involve and like how we engage with them and how we feel about them and and all these nuanced things that go into those games but like also like i want to talk about like the joy of playing a game that you don't even have to think about like about there's just something there's something great about just being able to switch on a game i don't have to think about this game i just want to play a game and i just want to just get away from everything yeah and just like shut my brain off and just play this game yeah and there's something really great about that and like i think that those kind of games they don't get like they don't i don't feel like they get their due right because we we give these we give these high accolades to these games that like do these lofty... hey they do for me yeah all right <laughs> yeah i'm constantly talking about tetris and monkey ball and yeah. shit like that and like that's what those are for me yeah you know like people look at like high level tetris play and they're like oh my god and yes technically your brain is making like many decisions per second in tetris yeah but i don't think about that you know like for me it's just fucking chilling yeah you know just put the blocks in, you know? Yeah. But, like, you, but I've, I guess I'm speaking in generalities. When we talk about, like, these highly acclaimed games that, like, they're always, they're always telling a story or they have a narrative or they're doing a thing that has never been done before. There's always, yeah. there's always some huge conversation around them, right? But we never really stop and talk about, like, how, like, what it has done for us to have games that we can just be like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just chilling tonight. Like I'm just chilling, cause like let me let me tell you, I don't have the emotional fortitude to play a bunch of The Last of Us twos. I can't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. That's just that's too much. And like sure. even, even while playing The Last of Us two, I had to keep taking breaks. So I was like, this game is just too intense. This game is too angry and too sad at the same time, and I can't do this. So like having a game where I can just like like a, a good twin stick shooter where I can just shoot shit and not worry about it. Or having a good puzzler where I can just stack the blocks, and not worry about it, or just even playing like a gotcha game on my phone, you know. But we don't talk. We don't, like no one. I don't. I just feel like those games don't get their due, you know. Uh, and like even like even like AAA games, like I consider games like The Division Two, and you know things like that. Like these are just these are chat rooms where I shoot guys. Yeah. You know? Because like or like Diablo Three. This is like like I can just I can have a million conversations, I could or I can think I could think about absolutely nothing, while I'm just like collecting this loot, and I don't have to worry about it. Um, and I think there's something really great about that. I think there's something really great because like sometimes like sometimes like life is just it's just hard, right? And sometimes you just want you just want to just like I don't want to think about anything. I just want to play my game, and that's it. And I think that those games are so important because if we had like nothing. But games that we had to engage with, like, on an emotional or intellectual level, 
Oops, my bad. If we had nothing but games that we had to engage with on emotional and intellectual level all the time, like, I feel like at a certain point it would be really hard to play video games, you know? I just feel like there's been a shift in gaming uh, to those more, you know, philosophical or story-driven games Yeah. Um, in the last, you know, 10 years or so. It's not that those games don't get their due, it's that they're all old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, literally every old game is is that. Sure. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Just, just about. Sure. Outside of, like, the occasional Final Fantasy or whatever, like, you know, the majority of old games are that. Uh, and as the, the medium grows, there there's this... There's this need for validation in video games that I don't quite understand. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love a lot of those games. And I like watching the game awards and shit like that, you know? But, yeah. like, we don't need all, we don't need video games to be movies, you sure. know? Like, uh, and I, I really do think that that's what it is, this need for validation. You're never going to see Neil Druckmann direct a twin-stick shooter. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's just, just like you're never going to see Jonathan Blow make a fucking FPS game, you know? Like, it's, it's just not going to happen. But uh, it, I don't know. It just feels I, like I, it just feels like every, like, it feels like each, this is, I guess this is, this is painting with broad strokes, and I get that. But it feels like a lot of the time, like, like directors are, like, they, each of them needs to be this auteur that crafts this, this think piece about that has some sort of commentary with it yeah. right and you know i and i think those are great i think that there's like there's there are plenty of games that like emotion that that resonate with me on like many different levels but at a certain point those are exhausting uh see and for me that's mostly what i look for yeah you know there are games you know i love fucking crazy taxi or street fighter or like whatever right i love those games yeah uh but now, you know, uh, what I look for now is typically more games like that, like Nier Automata, right? Like, yeah. Uh, it's the same for me with movies, you know? I loved fucking Terminator and Predator and Aliens and all those when I was a kid. I still love them now. I still like movies like that now. But yeah. I, I do seek out those those uh, esteemed directors and writers. And, yeah. You know, well, it's just, it's funny to me because, like, uh, so I was looking at, I, I saw that IGN had posted that uh, Sony is working on, I think they said, I can't, I think I might have the numbers flipped around, but they said, like, seven TV shows and three movies yeah. based on, on based on games, right? Yeah, it's like, why? Yeah, well, my whole thing is that, like, this is something that I've been saying for a couple of years now, ever since, and I think this this started with me when people were getting frustrated by the delays of the Uncharted movie, I was like, video games at this point are movies that you play, and you're looking for someone to turn them into movies that you just watch. And I don't understand that. I don't understand. Because I feel like each Uncharted, each Uncharted game, these are, like, these, are, these are literally movies that you're playing. Like, they've got the writing, the pacing, the acting of a movie... But yeah. there are bits, there are, there, are, there are sections in between where you get to control the action. And I can't imagine taking that 
and wanting to become a spectator to that when I could be, like, I could be the one making all that cool stuff on screen happen. Sure, but it's always going to be that way, though, right? Like, we had Spider-Man the musical, and we had To Kill a Mockingbird the movie, and, like, it's always going to be that way. Um, I just don't feel like, you know, when when somebody writes the Evil Dead musical and puts that out, like, they're doing that because it's funny yeah. and it's entertaining. Yeah. And I feel like, besides the obvious, Sony wants to make money off these IP. Yeah. I do feel like there's this need for validation with video games in general that I don't quite get. Maybe it's because they're so young. Maybe it's because people don't, you know, historically have not looked at them as art. Yeah. But like, who fucking cares? <laughs> you know, I don't well, know. Well, I, I, I think that's like, that's why games like, like Flower and Journey exist, right? Is yeah. like part of that whole, our video games art argument, which is like, I think on one hand, it, on one hand, I think that like, it's, it's a nice conversation. It's a very interesting conversation, I think. But like, at a certain point, if someone's not interested in video games, there isn't a video game that you can show them that is going to change that. Right. And, you know, it doesn't matter what game it is. It doesn't matter how well financed that game is. It doesn't matter how well developed or how well acted. The fact, yeah. the fact remains is that it's a video game and it's just not something that they're into. And I think that it comes down to wanting to sway people and, you know, make them feel as if, these are valid and along the same sides as movies or books or whatever. But like, it's funny that with so many other things, the validation comes from the amount of revenue that thing generates. Right. But not with video games. Yeah. Video games generate so much revenue every single year. Yeah. But more than films. Yeah. But still, but people still feel the compulsion to have that conversation. Um, I don't. I, I personally don't think it's necessary, and I, I don't think that whatever shows and movies that Sony is licensing is necessary. But I mean, at the same time, people want them. I mean, they think they do until they come out, and then they then they're pissed off about them. But uh, like I, you know, I'm thinking about this new Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out, and like, don't get me wrong, I love the original Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, at this point. Unironically, I love it. Uh, and Annihilation. I, sure. I also love... I love Annihilation specifically because of one scene. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, like... I think about a Mortal Kombat movie, right? And I think, like... Well, like... I can just go turn on Mortal Kombat and make that shit happen right now. Right? Yeah. Uh, like, I don't have to watch these fights happen. I can take part in them by playing Mortal Kombat. Um, I mean, to me, there is some appeal, you know, uh, it's just so rare that it's done well, you know, historically, it's so rare that it's done well. And I'm at this point, I'm just like, just stop, you know, like, you know, like I look at the, and I'm acknowledging that we're getting way beyond the point that I wanted to make, but it's okay. Uh, I looked at the monster hunter movie, right? And I was like, cool, Monster Hunter movie. I love Monster Hunter, right? Like, do I care yeah. that the director is the same director as the Resident Evil movies? No, I do not. Do I care that Mila Jovovich is in it and she's not a really good actress? No, I do not. 
But I guess like what I when I look at it and I see what they're doing with it, I was like, and this is something that that you know that Kaylee was saying too is just like. Why do they have to do this extra? Like, why does it have to be army people who got sucked into a portal and ended up in Monster Hunter Land? Why couldn't yeah, it just yeah, be? Yeah. Why couldn't it just be like people in Monster Hunter Land doing Monster Hunter things? And uh, and like, why is Ti there, by the way? But you know, it's just and just like it's, it's to a point where like if you're not gonna if you're not going to use if you're going to deviate so far from the source material, then like why bother? I get this, you know why it's because they did the same thing with Resident Evil and it made them a lot of money. Well, that, and again, like I think that, I, and like I talk about validation coming from revenue, right? And, yeah. I, and I think about how much revenue all of, like look if Resident Evil movies didn't make money, they wouldn't have made fucking seven of them, right? Exactly. But like, and I get you no, know, I get why these movies are the way that they are. I get why Transformers was the way that it was. It's because making movies in this way puts butts in seats and dollars in hands. Yeah. I get that, um, and I think that one of the things that People who want people who love video games and want video game movies need to divorce themselves from is the idea that these video is that the idea that these movies are for them. Yeah, these movies are not for the people who play these games. The movie, the, the these movies are mostly for people who don't play these games, and this video game uh, created an interesting backdrop for this movie that they wanted to make. See, but they've shown that they can be, you know. They've shown that they can be that. Yeah. Uh, I point to the Silent Hill movies, which neither of which are good movies, right? Yeah. But they make it a point to slip many things in those movies that you would not know if you were not into those games. Sure. You know. Uh, like, I, I, I think about the first Silent Hill movie. They did that, the infamous like top down camera angle from the beginning of the mm-hmm. game and and like I remember being in the theater like ah I know that <laughs> <laughs> but you know and that's and like yes that's something if you haven't played Silent Hill that is something that you will completely miss that will be completely lost in you and I get that and they throw in the, they throw in this little they throw in little bits of lip service for you know for the fans to you know be able to be like hey I remember that but I do think that like the way that these things are made is mostly for people who don't play these video games, and yeah. it's a way for them to engage with this property without playing the game, right? Because I can, yeah. I'm feeling pretty certain that a lot of the people who go see the new Mortal Kombat movie or go see Monster Hunter, yeah, are probably not going to go home and download those games, right? I mean, the same thing could be said for any of the Marvel movies. Yeah, you know. It's for masses, not for people who are going to read the comics. Yeah, you know, like it's it's the same thing. And I think that like you kind of have to be you have to be okay with that, right? You have to be okay with the idea that like, look, these are two different things. Like you love the games. This movie doesn't change anything about the games. Like the games are still there. They're still there for you to enjoy in their form. These comics still exist, right? They're still like the comic that you have it. But now there's a stain, right? <laughs> yeah. Now there's a stain. <laughs> On the legacy <laughs> yeah. of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, so I remember when I saw the Assassin's Creed movie trailer, the most exciting thing to me about it was Michael Fassbender was there, and I love yeah. him. And I was like, Michael, Fass- Mike- Michael Fassbender's here? Well, then I'm sold. Ironically, I never actually saw the movie, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's just, I think that, but that, that's, that generally seems, to be the mindset, right? Like 
You've, you stain this property that I love. You made this bullshit movie and you've ruined it for me. You did this to me personally to hurt me. When really it's just like, I just want to make money, baby. Like, Assassin's Creed is a well-known name. Monster Hunter is a well-known name. They've got big... Like, look, Monster Hunter is is ripe with blockbuster shit in it. Why wouldn't it's you do really that? It's really not, though. It's got big... It's really not. It's got, look, it's got big monsters. Look, listen, Tom. You ready? It's got big monsters. It's, that game is... that. It's very loud. And then you put Tony Jaw there? Come on, man. I understand, like... I feel like it was a mistake, you know. That movie, I don't believe, would have been made had it not been for the success of Monster Hunter World. Sure, absolutely not. Uh, but even with that success, yeah. even with that game being Capcom's most profitable game, I don't think that Monster Hunter is as immediately recognizable as Resident Evil. Oh, no, it is absolutely not. And as a matter of fact, Monster like. I think that when I ask the question of why deviate so much from the source material if you're, this is the movie that you're going to make, I answer, yeah. I answer my own question. Because if you look at the source material for Monster Hunter, that shit is anime as fuck. And Are there cats in that movie? So Paul, those little cat guys? Paul W.S. Anderson has assured us that Palicos will be present in, Monster, in the Monster Hunter movie. But are they going to walk on their hind legs? I mean, they have to, right? I mean, nah. I think he's just gonna stick some fucking house cats in there and call the, it a day. He said he's he's specific in an interview. He specifically said you're Palicos. thinking Palico. Yeah, he's thinking Garfield. <laughs> Look, Garfield still walks on his hind legs, dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but you know, I you know, like that's the thing too is like Monster Hunter's like it's it's too like. It's too that the presentation like it's not mainstream enough. It's like it's so like again, I think that Monster Hunter is like everything around it and like the like the 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 things between like even the things during the monster even the actual hunts, like that shit is just so anime and has like a very niche feel to it that like I think that yep. it would immediately turn off people who were just like not into the into that shit. And like it, they would go to, if they if they made like a faithful Monster Hunter movie People would go. To, people who don't play Monster Hunter would go to that. And be like, what the fuck is this? Fuck is this? Shit? <laughs> and like, like I would feel like I wasted ten bucks because this, like, what the fuck is this movie? But and so it makes sense, right? Uh, but and I also think that it comes to like the Monster Hunter movie and like really any video game movie that you want to that you want to bring up it has the same thing as like as as a Perfect Dark Zero, right? Perfectly fine shooter. Just a bad, perfect dart game. But if you called it anything else, yeah, it'd have been fine, right? Uh, and I think you could have called Monster Hunter or Resident Evil or Mario Brothers anything else, and whatever. No, no. Did I go too they far? They still would have been bad. Did I? Did I go too far with Mario Brothers? They still would have <laughs> been bad. Even Resident Evil, I think it's bad, and I think would have been bad. Regardless of name. No, well, no, because Resident Evil would have just been, like, see, that's the thing, is Resident Evil would have just been a cheesy action movie as opposed to a bad video game movie. That's yeah, what I think. it would have been another 13 ghosts or whatever. <laughs> but, but, you know, and I, but, you know, I, I think that, like, you know, it goes hand in hand, though. Like, these movies, like, that validation comes with, like, that blockbuster appeal of, 
putting movie, putting video game movies out there and putting big name act. Well, I don't know how big of a name Mila Jovovich is at this point, but she's recognizable. Yeah. And so like putting people like that in your video game movie and then, you know, uh, and then changing it enough to where it's got a Michael, a very Michael Bay feel to it. That'll sell, that'll sell tickets. And, but I think that like that less validates the, <laughs> that it doesn't do so much to validate video games as an art form as it does to validate the idea of big loud action movies, which are always going to be a good time. Um, well, and I didn't mean this to be like go into like a video game movie thing, but like I do feel like there is a need for that. I, I think that that is why the Game Awards fucking exists, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just don't think it's necessary. Do you think you don't think the video game awards is necessary? Yeah. Okay. I don't. Uh, There's been plenty of video game awards for much longer than the Game Awards has been there. Yeah. You know? This just has to be like our Oscars or whatever, you know? And I still watch it every year. I'm entertained by it every year, you know? Yeah. I just, I, I feel like that's why it is a thing. And I don't think it needs to be a thing, you know? We get awards at the fucking BAFTAs already, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. So, I mean, I think that, the, especially this last year, I think that it had a, a few very, like, sweet, nice moments that, you know, I thought were, like, very, you know, uh, genuine and nice. Like, those Among Us people, like, winning an award, like, for their, like... Sure. For their, when they do the industry icon stuff and all that. Yeah. I love that shit. But, like, no. Yeah, but, like, I think that a lot, like, I think... At the same time, I don't really need to see Carol Shaw's ninety-year-old ass shaking on a stage, you know, talking well, about River Raid. Like, <laughs> you well, know what I mean? Well, like, like it's what's what's funny to me about about the Game Awards, honestly, is they have the categories where the where like the likes of like. Like we're gonna give this a, here's the award for The Last of Us Two and there's the acceptance speech around that but then there's the, there's this other section where like they have I've called it the throwaway section because they just say like they, they have like the sidebar like so the words that don't matter they they, they just they, they yeah. do a quick list and they say the winner is this and then the thing goes yeah. off the screen and like no yep. one gives a shit and yep. and, and it's just like I feel like it's kind of antithetical to like the whole fucking thing. Because, like, yeah, you won that thing, but, like, you didn't get the little trophy. You didn't get to make a speech or nothing. So, like... Well, they got the trophy. They, they get the trophy. the trophy. They send them... like, you know, they... I mean, they got to pay the bills. And what pays the bills is fucking Gillette Man and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that, like... But, you know, going back to what I was saying, though, I think that, like, along with, like, all those things that, like, win video game awards, like, for best narrative and best music and all that shit... I think that there's a lot of validation for games where, like, I don't have to think about any of that. I don't have to think about, like, Absolutely. where this narrative is. I don't have to think about how good this music is. Like, granted, a lot of the games where I like to turn my brain off just still happen to have pretty good music. So, but, like... It's like when you were going back to, like, Killing Floor, you and I playing that together because it's a fun game to play. Yeah. We don't really care why we're in Krampus's lair. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. we're not looking into that lore or anything. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that like those kind of games, like they like, they just, they have a good way of helping you. Like, like, I think that game was good for, especially like in a time like this 
where like I can't see really see people very rare regularly at all because of the fucking killer virus outside and like I can reconnect with my friends in a game where I don't have to really think about anything like I had like I like I like I mentioned that I was played zombie army 4 with our friend Eric who I haven't seen in about a year now and it was cool because like you get to hang out with these people yeah. Uh. Well, like, and like, you know, naturally, like, every once in a while, we're like, "Hey, we gotta go do this. This we have to go accomplish this objective." But then it goes back to like fucking around and making jokes and like just you know. Yeah. And I think that's the only thing that I liked about Borderlands. Yeah. Uh. Which, by the way, um, Borderlands Three already started on a sour note for me. But uh, <laughs> the um, but like it's it's important to have those games. I think, and I think it's like it's an important balance, especially for me who. Like, as a person who I need a break from, like, like from games that, like, that challenge me intellectually or, like, hit me emotionally. I need, like, I need a break from that because, like, otherwise video games become too exhausting. But, like, it's fun to, like, go in and, like, just shoot some zombies or, like, blow something up or play a game where I just, like, tear houses down or something. It's just, it's fun. Um, and... It's good to it's good to acknowledge those games. I think it's good to remember that those games exist, uh, if nothing more than to help me to remember like one of the things that I love about video games, which is it's a uh, it's something that has always kind of just helped me to you know just get away for a little bit, you know, to kind of. Well, it's just fun to do, right? Yeah. Like, this. Christmas that just passed, like, I spent a lot of time with the family, right? Yeah. Like, what games are we playing? Well, we're playing fucking Mario Kart and yeah. Overcooked and shit like that, yeah. you know? Uh, I don't know if there's Mario Kart lore. I don't think there is. <laughs> there's there gotta be. Is. There there's, probably is. There's gotta be. Like, I was pretty sure that there was no lore for... Look, I might sound like a dumbass for saying this, but looking at Super Mario Brothers... The first game, I, I can't tell you what's going on there. I, <laughs> you know, like I know that Koopa's bad, right? But yeah. I don't know why he's bad. So, but you because know, because he kidnapped the princess. You see, I mean, did he? Yeah. So, but you know, I I think that like where the Italians come in, I have no idea. <laughs> but you know, did I? Did I? Did you read about how like Mario was actually supposed to be Japanese? No. Uh-uh. Uh, apparently, like he's uh, uh, according to so why they call him Mario. I don't know, but he's <laughs> he he is a ta- he is apparently a Japanese man named Mario, uh, and he's got a ja- and apparently a allegedly Japanese brother named Luigi. <laughs> I, I don't know, but apparently Mario is Japanese, so I I, I don't sure. know, but uh, but you know I I think even like especially like one of the biggest brands in video games Mario is like is absolutely one of those games right yeah you can absolutely go into Mario Odyssey or really any Mario game and just play it and just like just switch off and like just go on autopilot and play this game until you're ready for bed um that's that's done a lot for me that's done a lot for me to have games like that um and you know because I think that again I think that we talk so much about these other games and I think that it's important to remember the games like that too um, and especially when like you're going through like when you're going through shit and you know uh, like I've I've thought about like times when like 
my job wasn't going like I'd have a I, like at old jobs like my job wasn't going so hot. I didn't want to think about going to work the next day, and I was like, look, I just want to. I don't want to think about tomorrow. I don't want to think about today. I'm just gonna play House Marks masterpiece Dead Nation, <laughs> and just like and not think about anything else. So, um, but you know what? Like to your point, though, right? Like think about every House Mark game that's ever been made and like their next game is Returnal which looks very story heavy yeah you know well then like they came out like a few years back and they're like look arcade games are dead yeah so they did that because nobody bought Next Machina Death Machine yeah um Next Machina is a fantastic game they were supposed to be making they were supposed to be making like a battle royale or something like that right I can't see it and that got cancelled and they were like fuck it we're gonna do what we wanna do yeah seems like a lot of that work went into Returnal Okay. But what I'm getting at is to your point is they used to make a bunch of those games where it's just like, yeah, go fucking blow shit up. Yeah. And now, like, Returnal obviously is still that. Yeah. But also with some, like, heavy story there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I could. I I'm could... pretty sure this is their first game that they have, like, writers on staff. Ew. I, that's writers writers on staff does not a house mark game make but i mean it looks fantastic yeah but. i mean they all do at first but um you know i like i i think about like sometimes when i'm just like i'm just in a i'm just in a bad mood and i'm like i don't want to play hideo kojima game i don't want to think about i don't want to think about the fox die and the lolly lulelos and uh, I don't want to know. I don't want. I don't care who Hot Coldman is. I just want to blow some shit up. And to be fair, when I was a kid playing Metal Gear Solid, uh, I mean, I paid attention to the cutscenes, but like that's not what I was there for. Yeah, you, you know, you were there to be a secret agent. Yeah, you were there to be a super spy, and that game gave it to you in spades. But uh, but yeah, so uh, we're coming up on an hour and a half. Tom, did you have any closing thoughts? Uh, no, not really. I'm good. Okay. Well, I'll just say this. Be good to each other. Wear a mask when you go outside. Don't be an asshole. My name is Ryan Robinson. This is Tom Shelby. Hi, guys. This has been the Save and Continue podcast. We'll see you next week.